Set your phasers to succeed Welcome, friends and listeners of True North Nerds. Um, some of you may be new to listening to this podcast. If the numbers from our last episode are any indication, we we had a good bump. Uh, I'm uh, assuming some of you came from post-wrestling and some of you came from elsewhere. Anyways, this isn't a regular episode. This is uh, kind of a sidebar episode that we do every once in a while. Uh, we went through on the last episode with the the regular crew, our our favorites of 2018. But I always like to talk to like friends of the show as well in order to get their opinions on what they really liked, uh, give us a, a chance to catch up, and also a chance to get outside opinions. So joining me right now is Ryan. Hello. And that's mainly because uh, Ryan's going out to dinner with us after we record these little bits. Yep. And Snowhawk Cosplay is finally off the road for a little bit, and we can coordinate so he I'm, could actually come over. I'm, I'm actually sleeping in my own bed for about four or five days before I go back on the road again. <laughs> and it's funny when everyone, like lately, people are like, what do you actually do for a living? And I've been quoting Michael Weston from Burn Notice. It's like, my name is Ed Campbell. I used to be a spy. <laughs> and they usually shut up after that. Either it's because they're trying to think about what I just said, or they just think I'm completely... Like loser, so uh, Burn Notice is one of those shows I love, but also forget it exists at the same because time. Because you're supposed to forget because it's a spy movie I or guess. spy show, I guess. So um, we're going to talk to Ed about uh, his favorite stuff from the uh, from 2018. But first, let's start off with uh, you got to go to Nashville Comic Con. Is that what it was called? Yep. Yeah. So I got and to go to Nashville Comic Con. What was that December 8th? <laughs> Which shows you. How much Ed is on the road? Because we've been trying to put this together well, between his road trips, since then. Christmas, New Year's. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah, because it was Nashville Comic Con was December eighth, and I didn't make it home until the seventeenth of December, and then with Christmas and New Year's, and I was back on the road. And but, kid birthday, and yeah, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, in kids' there. birthdays and all that kind of stuff. And but, Jen's, uh, you know, there was some. Yeah, health stuff we had to to, to take care of too, yep. and all that so, sort of fun stuff. Uh, life, yeah, but, uh, it sometimes gets in the way of podcasting. But but I just happened to be on the road, and I was I'm a big fan of the Jim Cornette experience, and he had mentioned on one of the because I kind of missed a couple months worth of episodes, so I was working through the backlog. Oh, okay. And then he had said, "Hey, if uh, Culture Cornette." Uh, Listeners, if you want to come to Nashville Comic Con December 8th and 9th, uh, the Midnight Express will be there, and it's the 35th anniversary, and Dennis Condry will be back, and Bobby Eaton. And I'm like, hmm, I just happened to be in Nashville that day. So I thought, why not? I will I will go. So it was at the historic fairgrounds in Nashville, which, after listening to the experience with Jim Cornette, that is a very big hotbed for wrestling. 
he, especially for Southern wrestling. And he is an encyclopedia of wrestling oh, knowledge. Yeah. Like it, it's, it doesn't sound like his brain has been dulled by anything. No, in ter- no. In, at least in that sort. Of so thing. that was my main goal. Was my goal was to meet Jim Cornette because as much as I hated him when I was a kid. Um, yeah, but you were supposed to. Well, that's the thing. When you, <laughs> the older you get, and you realize he was doing his job. Yeah. And um, so when I got to the fairgrounds. There's cars everywhere, and it was huge. And I'm like, my God, this is like Fan Expo levels or like Calgary Expo levels. Like, there's going to be like hundreds of thousands of people here. Mm -hmm. And then I paid for parking, and I got up, and I'm trying to find, you know, like, because the fairgrounds are multiple buildings. and But then I look, and there was a model train show going on. I'm like, okay. So I walked past that building and then there's another building and it was Christmas Expo. Oh, so they had like three or four yeah, shows going so on. So I'm at like, the same okay. Time. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And then I look and then I saw a mystery machine parked way in the back and a 66 Batmobile. Well, that's usually a good sign you're in the right spot. So I walk over there and. Past the food trucks in the back was a small, dingy building where the Nashville Comic Con was. Uh. So I kind of wondered at first, um, just because trying to find information on the website, like the website doesn't exist. And basically most of the info was on a Facebook page. Yeah, that, that seems to be the the small Comic Con's venue of choice now for getting the word out is Facebook. And- yeah. So... Um, that being said, uh, I got into the show, um, just in case anyone's listening and I'm not going to say how I got into the show, but (laughs) basically I got in, um, very small. Like it was like, it was like an arena. So I would compare it to the cottage country comic con or like a Burlington toy show. Okay. Like a small kind of fan run event. Yeah. Um, that being said, like hundred people, 200 people. Yeah. Max set, yeah. It was, it was, it was small thing. bunch of vendors. Yeah. Some toy vendors, some comic book people, um, of note, the only famous comic book person I recognized was Josh Blaylock from devil's do publishing. Yeah. So any comic book. Fan and even would, then he's been like, not out of sight, but sort of off the radar. Well, that for, company sort of, Fizzled and disappeared in 2005, 2006. And yeah, I've heard interesting things about their business dealings. So Josh Blaylock was there. Um, Jillian Hall from WWE, she was there. Oh, okay. I'm like, who? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. She was there. And um, uh, Zeb Coulter or uh, Dutch Mantel, depending on which which uh, wrestling you like. Yeah, he was supposed to be there. He, he wasn't there when I was. So, oh, like a table spot, but you never saw him at uh, it. Kind of thing. If I could have find his table, or, like I couldn't find his table either. Oh, okay. So he just sort of. But I guess like if somebody didn't quite show up, you don't put anything up, so you don't really yeah. notice he's missing. So, but the guy I was there to see was uh, Jim Cornette. Um, cordial guy, super nice, amazing, great to talk to. I told him about the podcast, 
And Did you mention you were from Canada? Yes, I told him. And I was he from... was okay with that. Yep. No, he, he, he was... likes Canadians. He doesn't like our border guards. Is oh from... really? Oh, he had. He doesn't come to the country anymore due to. I think issues. even. I think even um, the guy I talked to is not the guy on the podcast. Yeah, the guy on the podcast is still the character Jim Cornette. Yeah, to a certain extent. The the real guy is nothing like that. So soft spoken and cordial and nice and polite. Um, couldn't have found a, like, just amazing. Mm. Um, I told him about the podcast. He gave me a business card, which I forgot to give you. No worries. But I have for you, uh, because I told him that you were very interested with the, the new comic book. Yes. And I, all that I kind of stuff. That, and he's just. No, he yeah. just, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, his wife, Stacy was there. Of course, if you listen to the podcast, you know who all these people are. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up buying the certificate, the Calter Cornet oh, uh, certificate. certificate. Uh, so I am officially a member of the Calter Cornet. And he had his new t-shirts there. So I ended up picking up a Outlaw Mud Show t-shirt. <laughs> um, so that was nice. one, one of the brand He's new He's really ones. good at slogan sort of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's one of the... Um, he had, he had, I'm a Paul, I'm a, not a Paul Heyman. I'm a, a Jim Cornette guy. Um, he's got another black t-shirt with his face on it, which is yeah. the logo for the podcast. He had his most famous one, the thank you, fuck you, bye. But I figure I can't wear that anywhere. Yeah. It's one of those ones that you want, but yeah. I'm like, where, where, you can't wear it. Yeah. Uh, but I got the Outlaw Mud Show, so you really don't know it's Jim Cornette because it's yeah, it's like mud logos and it and it's got an outhouse on it. But I figure if I wear it, people in the cult will know who they yeah. are. Um, I walked around the show a little bit more. There were some cosplayers there. Uh, I've I've real kind of found out that there is a good contingent of Nashville area cosplayers. There's also a justice league of Nashville. Really? Yeah. So I talked to a few of them. Um, there's a Nashville Batman who wasn't there. I do follow him on Instagram. He's like super talented. Um, he wasn't there in attendance, but there was another Batman. As far as cosplay itself, there wasn't a lot of cosplayers there. Well, given the size of the show. yeah. So again, like maybe about, 15 or 20 cosplayers hmm. um, walking up and down the aisles. There was another um, good looking blonde there. So I'm like, who are you? Uh, turned out she was a playgirl. Um, <laughs> got talking to her. Her name is Alex Van Zeeland. Um, I ended up buying a calendar from her. She's from the Nashville area. So she was basically coming home from Christmas and, and went to do the show. And so a couple bucks for gifts. Basically. Yeah. So I, you know, I paid 20 bucks for a calendar for of her and other Nashville area uh, models, um, also helping promote the, the Nashville area Harley-Davidson dealers. So I picked up a hmm. Chicks and Bikes. Nice. Um, talked to, talk to her for a little while. And she is a playgirl uh, from the Slovenia Playboy. So, uh, so she, she okay. isn't in the American one, but, um, but she's... Um, getting into acting and all that kind of stuff. She was super nice. And, you know, cool. got a couple, couple selfies with her. Um, picked up a comic book, a comic book, a comic book. It was from a, you know, an independent publisher. Um, and I cannot remember the title of wow, it now. Must've left a bit of artwork is great. The, the story, not so much. How about this? I won't say what the comic book was, in case uh, anybody's listening, 
Um, the story is great. It's based in the 40s. It's a World War II book of uh, a USO troop. So the, the artwork is a very pinup style, oh, okay. kind of trying to be like the Rocketeer, that style. Oh, like a Dave just not Just not Dave Stevens' talent. Yeah. The writing is horrible. I got yeah. five pages in, and, you know, I ended up meeting the, the, the artist or the writer and publisher. You know, it was five bucks for the book. Well, that's not... Actually, you know what? For an indie book like that, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, but it was just... Yeah, drivel. I can't. I couldn't get past five pages, but the pictures are pretty, and so yeah, you never know. Maybe the yep. artist will do something later on. Yeah, who knows? Um, and then before I left, because it was such a small show, like a normal show would be, like, oh, I'll spend two days here, and after about two hours, I'm like, no, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good. Um, so as I'm walking out, I thought, you know, I'll just get some more FaceTime with Jim Cornette and just you know thank him a lot and try to see what I can get from him. Uh, like, just butter him up a little bit. Yeah, I thought, hey, maybe try to butter you butter him up and get him to do a bumper for the podcast or something like that. Unfortunately, he was busy. So I'm standing there, and, and then Bobby Eaton looks over at me. He's like, hey, come here. So I walk uh, over, and he's like, uh, he's like, Jim's busy, but can we help you? And I'm like, ah. I said, well, I picked up some stuff from Jim earlier. I just wanted to say... Uh, to say thank you to him and uh i just want to say to you guys uh i'm you know truly honored to be able to meet you uh him and dennis condry dennis condry um had cancer yeah so he's in remission of course he uh he's got the the hole in his neck oh he's got a tracheotomy oh, yeah i didn't so know that <laughs> he uh you know sticks his thumb in the hole so he could talk to me oh that's, that's and so uh, weird and he's like of course, it's the same hand I shook. So, oh. but anyways, I, I figured, hey, uh, what the guy's gone through in yeah. his life. Yeah, true. It's a little, it's so I, I, you know, thanked them immensely. Uh, by that point, I was tapped out for cash. I had no more money left. Yeah. And but thanked them. So again, growing up, I. I wasn't a huge. I didn't know who the Midnight Express well, were. Well, we didn't really get that up yep. here. It's, we didn't. We really didn't get WCW in a good stretch until TSN picked up Nitro. Yep. Like there was yeah. Or, so we well, didn't worldwide when we didn't PBS get the whole the whole care. Crockett thing. So, yeah. um, but I got to meet him. I got to shake Bobby Eaton's hand. I got to shake Dennis Condry's hand. I got to talk to him, and I also got to prove that there's I'm bigger than most wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> because like Bobby Eaton standing there and I had to look down at him. So, you know, it's one of those, if you go and check my, uh, my Instagram and that kind of stuff, you'll see a bunch of pictures of me meeting wrestlers and I'm a lot bigger than they are. So most of the time, yeah, we'll, we'll find one. You could have been a monster, man. Vince well, loves when, a monster. When, you know, growing up and watching wrestling and you see how big the guys were and I always thought like Triple H was huge and then I meet him and if you see the picture of me, it's like, I could probably give him a go. <laughs> His years of training would just tie me into knots. But Yeah, and he also married the boss's daughter, yeah. which doesn't help your, but, your situation. Uh, yeah. All in all, um, it was, it was, okay for it the was an interesting hours. show. Yeah, yeah, it was something to do. Um, again... You know, when I can look at it and say I can knock off some international Comic-Cons. I've done Nashville. I've done Buffalo. I've done Calgary. I've done Edmonton. 
you know, so it's like, yeah, it's, it was an experience. Uh, but I went to meet Jim Cornette. I met and Jim met Cornette. Jim, and you were good. Yep. Uh, I, it could have been one of those. I met Jim Cornette and what a, no, just one of the nicest, friendliest people I've met in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. And luckily, due to some of my friends and connections, I've been able to meet quite a few wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put Jim Cornette as one of the top ones. Cool. If you want to know the bottom ones, message me. I'll tell you who some of the ones are. <laughs> All righty. Well, so before we get to your, your favorites of 2018, uh, I spoke to a couple other friends of the show, and we will queue up to that pre-recorded interview with Mr. Jay Fosgit, who has been on our show a number of times. He does Bodie Troll, did My Little Pony for a bit, and uh, as you will hear at the end of this interview, uh, he's got a banner year for stuff off his bucket list to click off. So um, this is me with Jay Foskett talking about his favorites from 2018. So one of the things that uh, we like doing at True North Nerds is when we do the uh, the 2018 wrap-up or, or the year before wrap-up, we try to get uh, some of our friends on to talk about what they liked uh, in the year 2000 in ter- uh, 2018 in terms of pop culture and books and movies and everything like that. And one of our best friends in the, the comic industry, although he might not think that, is <laughs> Mr. Jay Fosgett. How are you doing, Jay? I'm great, and thank you for having me on your show again and being your best friend. <laughs> We love having you on. You've uh, you're one of the my favorite people to talk to in comics right now. So thank you very much. So let's uh, let's start with the uh, the the fun stuff. Uh, in terms of movies, did you have a favorite this year, or were were there any couple that stuck out? I know you had a very busy work year, so I don't know how much you actually got out to see anything. I always make a point of hitting the movies because I'm a big movie buff, um, and I hit all the big ones. Certainly, was it was the Black Panther come out in two thousand eighteen or or two thousand seventeen? Uh, yes, it did come out in two thousand eighteen. That's the one. That's... Uh, we had the exact same problems. So don't feel bad. Yeah, well, it, you know, sometimes they mesh together a bit, but and obviously... it came out early. It was like February of of last year. You're right. That's that's why that's what was throwing me. But absolutely, I love that one. Uh, more recently, of course, I saw uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse twice um, because there's so much to take in that first time. I had to, you know, have that second viewing to catch anything else I might have missed, which was plenty. Um, that's certainly the standout animated film for the year. I think. Yeah, um, my my the only thing that came close was Pixar's Coco for me. Coco was just like visually was just really really good, but Into the Spider Verse ended up kicking it off my list. Right, right. Well, and you know when it comes to say Disney Pixar uh, animation, because we can kind of combine those since they're under the same uh, ownership. Um, for me, Incredibles two was it. You know, I love the first Incredibles, and this one was just as wonderful. Perfectly uh, caught us up from, you know, 15 years ago when the last one came out. Um, And so much fun. Just so much fun. And I don't think, I think it deserves as much attention as Into the Spider-Verse. But, of course, that was such a, 
a, a mishmash of animation styles and felt so revolutionary that people are going to be talking about that for a while. And I think that's great. I really do. Yeah, uh, Into the Spider-Verse was... Uh... It, it was kind of one of the few movies this year that was everything that I had hoped it to be. You know, sure. like going in is just like, I, I hope it, it we hit like all this cool stuff. And it even surpassed it a lot from like, I was really surprised at oddly the, the Bilson Kevich influence on the film. I oh, did totally, not see that yeah. coming at all. So, well, when they entered, uh, first announced they were making the movie, I predicted it was going to be very much in the Pixar, DreamWorks, Disney mold style of animation. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they were going to take inspiration from comic books, from video games, uh, music videos, uh, graphic arts in general. Just all these influences that haven't really been experiencing um, usage in, in, in modern animation as much. So I was just so excited about that as an artist. It's 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 breathtaking, and I had a few friends who worked on it, and I'm very happy for them. Um, so yeah, that was a standout. Not to harp too much on that, but it was a standout. Now I do have to ask you uh, a question as well, because um, it, it, it's rare that somebody gets an opportunity like this in in terms of me. Uh, you have drawn Spider-Ham professionally uh, a couple times at this point, correct? Correct, yeah. Uh, technically, you could say three times. Three times. So what uh, did yeah. you think of the, the design choice for Spider-Ham in, in this version? I loved what they did. Um, it's not the way that I would want to draw him or write for him in the comics, because the gag that they used in the movie was that he knows he's a cartoon character. Yeah. You know, it's like Daffy Duck pulling hammers out of a pocket that doesn't exist, you know, um, that sort of humor. And so it worked for the way that they were using him in this movie. And the design was very cute and kind of Tex Avery, which was nice. Uh, what I found hilarious is that he was actually drawn in traditional 2D animation, you know, pen and paper and all that. And nobody knew how to do that, so they had to seek out some old school guys to do that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Similarly, not to get off topic, but Disney, uh, for, for their Mary Poppins movie, and they had the big animated sequence like in the original 1964 version, um, no longer has the resources to do 2D animation. So they had to farm out that animation to a little boutique studio in L.A. full of guys who used to work for Disney doing 2D before they switched over to 3D. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, uh, I thought they still had a, a little bit of a 2D department from when uh, Princess and the Frog came out. They they took it out of mothballs, but I guess not, eh? No, but all they have left is Eric Goldberg, who animated the genie in Aladdin. They keep him on staff as sort of like a, a creative brain trust, but uh, he doesn't do much of the hand animation himself anymore. He directed uh, that Mickey Mouse short that came out a year or two ago, where you see the old school 1930s Mickey characters jumping out of the screen and suddenly they're 3D and then they're back to being 2D. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he directed that. So he's still on staff and they use him occasionally, but uh, no, by and large, it's a completely computer-run animation studio now, and those guys don't know what to do with the pencil. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, going a, a little bit away from movies, and uh, it, are you a TV watcher at all, or is it mainly yes. like Netflix? So, was there anything television-wise that stood out for you this year? 
the stuff that stood out for me, and I, I don't know if you could you could consider this uh, completely uh, 2018 relevant, uh, because I was late to the game to catch up on some of the Netflix Marvel shows. And now oh, that they've okay. announced that they're going to be discontinuing them, I'm very glad that I'm catching them now. Mm. So I got caught up on Daredevil. Fell in love with that show. So much fun. Um, just... Per, I mean, having, you know, grown up with the comics and knowing the character and its lore and everything, I just think they did a brilliant job with it. And I really hope that Disney continues it with the Disney or the Marvel channel they're creating. I don't even know what they're calling it. That, um, yeah, that seems to be a, a very big question mark d- due to rumors of what we've heard with the contracts. It might be a while before that happens, too. So, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So I'm I'm hopeful. Um but uh, Jessica Jones, falling in love with that show. I'm catching the second season right now because I just finished the first. Um, to me, this is like some of the best. I, I, I hastened to call it genre TV or superhero TV because it's really drama based. Yeah. And these are characters we can relate to. Jessica Jones, you know? especially. Yes. very. There's a very human element to it. And stuff that happens to her is, I mean the most crazy superhero-y things that happen to her are all parables for real-life experiences, drug addiction, abusive relationships, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one of the things I love about it. Um, But the last one that blew my mind, and again, this is a Netflix show, uh, Happy. Oh, yeah. I just started watching it this week. Or or last week. I guess it was originally, it is originally a sci-fi show. But of course, Netflix, you know, has the 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 rights to reshow it or whatever the case is. And I started watching it with trepidation, not knowing what I would think about it. You know, thinking, is this just gonna be dark and crappy, and I'm not mm. gonna like it? Fell in love with it. Chris Maloney, genius actor, uh, based on a Grant Morrison comic that he did for Image, and uh, just tons of fun. Dark and violent, but it has. If you can believe it, it has a happy ending. It has the happiest ending you could hope for. <laughs> and I, I thought the casting of Christopher Maloney w- was really good because oh, yeah. we're we're used to seeing him as a cop, but not that type of cop. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of if like Stabler had fallen off the wagon and just like yeah. completely become a booze hound at some point and ruined his life. Well, and he's got such great comedy chops that not a lot of people know. Like, yeah. unless unless you've seen uh, Wet Hot American Summer, which was his sort of, he he was a smaller role in that, but he was a real tour de force as far as the comedy went. And you know, he did a did a uh, cameo on an episode of Scrubs uh, where he was hilarious too. So he wanted to get back to that. And certainly he's got a great build and he has a very athletic build. So he's great for the, the tough sort of mm. dirty, hairy kind of stuff. But he's also hilarious. So just inc- and he was an executive producer on the show. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I always point to um, because not a lot of people know it's him is in the first Harold and Kumar movie. He's freak show. The uh, the the guy with all the boils and stuff and like missing his hair, whose wife wants to, to sleep with both Harold and Kumar at the same time. I'd- forgotten about that oh my god that's hilarious i i didn't realize it was him until like years later when i saw it in the 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 credits i'm like oh wait (laughs) that's hilarious i forgot because i only caught like bits of that so yeah um just that's hilarious 
So, um, one of the things that uh, I, I also find kind of interesting is, uh, were there any comics that stood out for you uh, during the year? Because I know it, it's weird for some profession professionals that once they're in it, they can't kind of can't see it the same way or at the same time uh, have a very busy schedule and just don't get to read as much as they did when they were kind of breaking in or a fan. Was there any comics that stood out for you? Yeah, um, certainly I, I suffer from a lot of the same situations that my other fellow creators suffer where we create them more than we get to read them anymore. Um, but uh, I got to experience um, the new... Uh, Mr. Miracle, uh, which is, has been amazing because uh, I'm a big Mr. Miracle, big Barda fan. And so it was a very cinematic comic. The way that it wasn't your typical um, uh, comic book storytelling, you know, it's not your typical sequential art. It really felt cinematic and it really felt like uh, a deep deep comic for such a goofy looking superhero because Mr. Miracle is a pretty unique outfit. But um, so yeah, DC has been doing that. I've been trying to keep on top of that. That's been fantastic. I caught some of the DC uh, Looney Tunes mashup books that they were doing. Yeah. Um, the, the Batman Elmer Fudd one, I'd oh, already heard it was, it was getting so a lot of acclaim. Fantastic. It really was. It really was. And I did not have high hopes for it. And I was very happy. Um, cause admittedly it felt like a stunt, you know, I'm, it felt inexplicable. I'm like, why are they doing this? And yeah. then they found a rationale for it that worked, you know, a way to do it. So good for them. And, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, I, I, my, the book that I've been continually reading for the last, I think I discovered it in 2017. I don't think it was later than that, uh, is rumble through image. Um, just the most fun uh, book I've ever read in comics, and so oh, I've okay. been collecting them regularly. And I, I highly recommend you check it out. It's uh, kind of barbarian fantasy mixed with modern urban decay. Huh. Oh yeah. yeah I, I, I'll be honest. I don't think I know that book, but I'll have to kind of look for it next time I well, go into the shop. Image puts out five hundred books every week, so we can't <laughs> be expected to keep up on all of them. So. It all between that and money too. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. Who can afford it anymore? But I'm glad to hear uh, one of the big things that's happened in 2018 is that print has really come back in a big way. Uh, bookstores are starting to pop up like Starbucks. So uh, I'm very happy. I'm happy that the Kindle and e-readers and things are kind of going the way of the dodo. Uh, I don't want to say I predicted this would happen. I'm just glad that it's happening. Mm. So uh, with with that, uh, let's look ahead a little bit to 2019. Is there anything you can tell us about what's going on uh, with you for 2019? Yeah, uh, a couple things. For one, uh, I'm going to be spending all of this year working on the second volume of Bodhi Troll for Boom. Uh, the first and volume... You can't sorry, hear it, but a, a cheer will be going up once the, the other listener or the other co-hosts who aren't here right now once they hear that news because really we've we've all kind of adopted Bodie oh thank you that is so nice to hear um I'm I'm very excited to be working on it right now it's it's been uh a handful because I've had a lot of different projects I've been working on recently so I'm balancing it out with work for Disney 
which did I mention that to you already? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Are we allowed to mention that? So I know. If yes. I, okay. Yes. I am allowed to mention that you're working for Disney at the. Yeah. I can't go into details about the project. I will say it's not a comic book. It is uh, a chapter book akin to say uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So it's that sort of demographic. Oh, okay. And it's it's featuring some very classic Disney characters. I am not the writer. They brought me on as an illustrator uh, to my benefit. And it's been a really wonderful experience so far. So I'm spending the rest oh. of this year uh, until July working on that. Wow. Uh, while I'm working on Bodhi. And then I guess I'm going to be doing the follow-up book as well for Disney. So. Oh, really? Yeah, that was just mentioned fairly recently. So... Uh, <laughs> So that's kind of crazy. And then in between all that, you know, I'm associated with SourcePoint Press, and they're doing so much fun stuff these days that they'll bring me on to do covers and things. I've been doing covers for Dan Doherty's Floppy Cop, which is uh, coming out through SourcePoint and available in a lot of shops around you now, I believe. Oh, cool. SourcePoint started to branch out a bit, so you can start finding their comics uh, at Gotham Central, I believe. Um all right. Have you been Have you been to Gotham Central? No. Uh it's one of the it's on my like this year while I'm out and about I kind of have a, a tour list of shops that I I have to hit. Yeah. And uh that that's on the list like just in my area cuz there there's a, a few that I I've never been to like um I uh, while I've been to the Beguiling I've never been to their their kids comic store uh Little Island. Yeah, and I I kind of want to check that out too. You know they just reopened it. Like they had closed down Little Island for maybe a year, two years and it just reopened. So yeah. I'm really excited. I'm hoping we can get Bodie in there. Oh, I don't um, think that should be a problem. Um I will be doing free comic book day this year at Gotham Central. Uh, so, so there's an excuse to stop by and say hi. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I will have to look at that and see if I can make it out there that day, especially if you're going to be there. (laughs) It's going to be fun. It'll be me, Jason Clark. Uh, I know they're getting some, some of the source point guys, I think maybe out there. It's gonna be a bunch of us. So. Alrighty. And, um, not related to your work. Is there anything, uh, movie TV wise that you're looking forward to, uh, in 2019? Is there anything that you're. You're just sitting there waiting for it to come out? Oh, my gosh. I'm chomping my fingernails down to the knuckle waiting for Captain Marvel, of course. Um, that's that's a big one. Uh, I am looking forward to the final chapter of Avengers, if you will. I mean, if they continue Avengers beyond this, it's going to be a whole other thing. Uh, I can't wait for Avengers Endgame. Um, just very excited for that. Um I'm I'm excited for Shazam. Like DC has not oh. lost me completely as a fan. I I was I love the fact that they filmed it in Toronto for one. Yeah. But um, it looks like so much fun. It looks different from anything they've ever tried to do cinematically at DC. So I'm definitely going to support that. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm I'm not the the hugest DC guy. Uh, I, I I'm weirdly I'm the guy who I I liked Suicide Squad. <laughs> There's a lot of people who have pooped on it. I'm like, I, yeah. I thought it was all right. And Jason Justice Clark League was okay. It. Yeah. No, Jason Clark loved it. I was, I didn't hate it. There, what it was is I tell people there are elements of it that I really liked. Yes. As a whole, I didn't love it, but I loved components of it. And uh, sometimes that's that's a pretty good thing. 
and and Wonder Woman was rather good, and and Aquaman oh, was fun. Aquaman has a lot of holes in it you can drive trucks through, but it it was the it, yeah. entertaining. No, I loved Wonder Woman. That's uh, rightfully so. That was the crown jewel of the DC Cinematic Universe, and I still think it's better than Aquaman. Aquaman for me was just okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was fine. It was fun, and I think it's it's earning those billions that it's making now, or however much. I have no idea. Um, I tell you what I'm not looking forward to, though, speaking of TV series, is this new HBO Watchmen. I have no idea what the hell this thing is, but yeah. Have you looked into it at all? Because to me, I, I'm not saying I am a Zack Snyder loyalist for everything he's done, but his Watchmen... That's the crown jewel of comic book movies. That was as faithful as anyone could ever get. It was beautiful. It was dark. It was poignant. It was everything I ever wanted. And now this new series, it's like, it's not even reinventing the wheel. It's it's taking the wheel, throwing it away, creating something that's square and calling it a wheel. Um, yeah, and it's weird because there's parts of it that I kind of like, oh, okay, that that doesn't sound bad, but the rest of it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I was pleasant. I was optimistic. I was carefully optimistic until I saw a preview image for their version of Rorschach. Rorschach, who did die in Watchmen, so this, this set in the future, it's someone else's yeah. Rorschach, and I don't want that, for one. And for two, it looks god-awful. His costume looks like something out of a resale shop. And Really? You oh, know, okay. after, I haven't after seen got, that floating around yet. I'll have to take uh, a look for it. Well, after we got the brilliant Jackie Earl Haley playing Rorschach in 2009, it's like, screw it, you know? If you can't do it that good, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Watchmen is what I think is one of those weirdly, completely underappreciated comic book movies. And, sure. I, and I'm one of those people that I'll go a step further and say the ending to the movie is much better than the ending to the comic book. I, that might be me. sacrilegious to some people, but... Nah, I think that worked just fine. And um, So yeah, no, I'm, I'm just a door watchman. I'm its biggest proponent. Um, but uh, another thing that's coming out that I'm excited for, also shot in Toronto, is season two of American Gods. Oh, yeah. It's... The, the, I love the fact that they can take time with television shows now, but sometimes the the delay between seasons, I kind of forget a show is coming out. Well, they did it. They shot themselves in the foot this time because they completely lost their creative team. The yeah. showrunners left. Then they brought in other showrunners who I guess also left. So Neil Gaiman was the showrunner. And I don't know what happened now. All I know is it's still in production and it's coming out this year. I'm very excited because I loved season one was brilliant. It took everything Agreed. great about the book and made it so much more visual than the book could be. You know, they made some really smart choices to adapt it to the media of, of film, yeah. if you will, or, or di- you know, visual media. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And, and on the Neil Gaiman front, we also get good omens this year, too. Oh, wow. Am I excited for that, too? Yeah. Um, I mean, Gaiman's finally breaking out into other media. Uh, maybe we'll finally get that Sandman movie that we were last promised with uh, oh, uh, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt, mm-hmm, who was going to at least direct it, if not star in it. Yeah. And then he eventually left it, too, for creative reasons. And 
I don't know. You know, I, I think this is a really great time to be a fan of genre stuff. That That's what I think. So, yeah. So um, for our listeners, where can they find you on the interwebs if they, they're seeking you out? Uh, go to jfosgett.com and then I have a listing of all my social media pages uh, in the links section. And uh, beyond Gotham Comics, it looks like you're going to be coming up for Fan Expo this year, too? I will. Uh, normally, I would be up for Toronto Comic Con in March. This year, because Reed Pop tends to shuffle a lot of their show dates around. Uh, so this year, uh, Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle is going to conflict with Toronto Comic oh, Con. Oh, is it that same weekend? Yeah, it is. Oh, well, it, it, March. I, so. I can understand the like that. Those are both two great shows, and I can, I I I don't fault you for doing Emerald City. <laughs> it's difficult because you know how I feel about Toronto, oh, and yeah. I don't. It kills me to have to miss out on it. There's just some other reasons that I have to do Seattle this year. One of which is that I didn't get into San Diego this year. Oh, okay. Um, and because of that, I it's like one of my few really good networking opportunities with all the major publishers because they come out to uh, to Seattle for that show. So, uh, you know, it's it's a professional decision. It's not a personal one. Oh no, uh, I, I like I said, I don't fault you on that one as well. That's a, that's one of those shows that I'm really hoping that I can make out to one of these years. I encourage you to. Uh, you, you know, Ricky Lima. Uh, yeah, kind of. A uh, friend of a friend, but yeah. Yeah, so he's out in your neck of the woods, and he came out for the show last year. I guess he had a blast. So, uh, yeah, it's just highly encouraged, if you can, as a fan, get out there and experience it once. It's a beautiful... It's my second favorite city next to Toronto. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and uh, you, you have reiterated that you are our favorite honorary Canadian. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate the title. And that was the interview with Jay Foskett. I would like to say to everybody at this table, yeah, wasn't it awesome? But I'm I'm going to be putting it in later. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so, I got to get. I hope he's coming to Toronto uh, Comic Con. He is not coming to Toronto uh, Comic Con. Um, uh, that would that proves that you can't hear the the interview sitting here because he is doing Emerald City that weekend. Um, basically, it came down to. Um, he didn't get into San Diego this year, and the two best networking opportunities with uh, comic companies are San Diego and Emerald City, because Emerald City is very much a comic-based convention. Yeah. Um, so he had to give up Toronto Comic Con, which he he's sad about because he's got a lot of friends beyond us, yeah. but uh, up here. But you know, sometimes business has to kind of take over. It. Well, he can always come. Fan Expo, if he's available. It sounds like he might be. He, he, he's definitely planning on coming up here for it. Well, so. here's hoping. I got to get my uh, my Spider Pig uh, cover. Oh, your Spider Ham cover. Yeah, Spider Ham variant cover that he did uh, signed. So the the year 2018 is gone, Ed. Um, you saw quite a few movies, some with us, some on your own. Yep. yep. Uh, any favorites stick out to you? Oh, well. Probably the ones. Okay, I might be unpopular on this, but yes, Infinity War came out, but I don't consider Infinity War one of the movies 
on the list. Really? Okay. Not saying so, I didn't like Infinity yeah, War. No, no. This is it's a franchise. You're gonna watch it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's an inc- it's an incomplete story it's because it. really it's half the story. We don't know what's going to happen until the next movie. So, you know, were there some kick-ass moments in there? I love. Yes. Um, like I have the soundtrack and I've listened to parts of the soundtrack a bunch of times. They're good motivators, especially with working out like the, uh, Cap America reveal scene where the train goes and uh, you get to see Cap yeah, in the yeah, beard yeah. for the first time. Like that's a, you know, a fist pumping moment. Same with, um, um, Thor when he shows up with Stormbreaker mm-hmm. in the new, you know, though, those were great moments, but for me, as far as favorite movies of the year, I kind of take them out of there because it's a Marvel movie. I'm going to see it anyways. It's part of a franchise. Um, okay, fair enough. So, you know, it's it's just one of those, yes, I'm going to keep watching them. But as far as my favorite movies of the year, um, Aquaman was really good. Um, I do got to see it again, but I really, really enjoyed Aquaman. Okay. Um Bumblebee, I I enjoyed it more than what I expected. Yeah, same that here. That being said, I love the other Michael Bay movies. Yeah. Like, I, Transformers is what they are. They're kids' movies. Simple enough. You know, big robots fighting. Who cares about the story? Who cares about if it makes sense? That's what they are. Um, but Bumblebee gave me everything a G1 Transformer fan would like. And that's the thing I like. Yeah, and it still sort of falls within the Michael Bay universe, yeah. but you get to see Cab Over Peterbilt, Optimus Prime. You get to see Shockwave the way Shockwave's supposed to be. You get to see Soundwave the way he's supposed to be. You're supposed to see Ravage the way he's supposed to be. You see Huff or um, Braun. You see Wheeljack. RC, Wheeljack. I love the Wheeljack. I was surprised when Braun showed up. Yeah. That was one that you didn't see in any of the commercials. No. No, so um, that gave me every moment. But the movies I really enjoyed, um, Ready Player One, mm. that was a lot of fun. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and that's a movie I could keep watching a bunch of times. Um, Solo, I really enjoyed. For a movie that never should have been made, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of my favorites. I've watched it several times this year and it's one of those movies as much as I did not see the point of making it. It shouldn't have been made. I'm sad that we'll never get a sequel because I think there's more to the story. I think they crammed a little bit too much in yeah. the, in this first one, but it's almost one of those. They're probably thinking we're never going to get another solo movie. So let's give you everything we need right now. Well, and we don't know what the original one was exactly. going to be, if it's the exact same script. To or... me, to me, the Kessel Run was a second movie, not the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Between that, like, there, there's a whole bunch of things that you're right. Like, it just felt like they, they piled it in there to get it in yep. there. Because and... it's almost like, we ain't going to get another chance, so let's go for broke. Let's put it all in here right now. Because hmm. really, that the way that movie la- leaps, the way the movie leaves off, you could go right into episode four. Yeah. And I wouldn't, and like, I wouldn't, if, 
if you do the Kessel Run, don't have him get the Falcon at the end of the movie either. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like you don't need to put all of that in the same movie. But it, I enjoyed it. Yep. Like, and, um, no, I, um, I have a lot of fun. And Beckett, like Woody Harrelson, to me, Beckett is one of the coolest new characters in Star Wars. Um, I, If they made a Beckett movie, mm. like a prequel to Solo of a heist movie with Beckett, done. I'm on. Yeah. I love it. Um, I haven't enjoyed a character that much since uh, Krennic in Rogue One. Yeah. I love I love Krennic yeah. in Rogue One. So, um, and the see. only thing I feel bad about that is Ben Mendelsohn is now like bad guy. Yeah, like he is he is replaced Mark Strong in that slot for the next couple of years. He's going to be in Captain Marvel. Yeah, and he's probably a bad guy. <laughs> well, he's a scroll. We know well, yeah, that. he's a, he's. But his poster has come out. The movie poster has yeah. come out with 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 him, and he is the he is Talos. So he is the main scroll. Which, spoiler, I went and found the new action figures down in the states recently for Captain <sighs> yeah. Marvel. It's ruined the movie, especially. Uh, if you look at that's it, that's the uh, Nick, Nick Fury, Fury figure, yeah. so all the people posting stuff about Goose right now, uh, don't look at the Nick Fury figure. I think you'll get your hopes up. Yeah. But back to uh, favorites of 20, uh, 2018. I'm trying to think back. Uh, Deadpool two. I really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Say, you're not listening to this. I didn't say that because I hate Deadpool. <laughs> but no, I, I just. We'll have to edit that part out. Yeah. Oh, well, let's be fair. Other Ed is not listening to this. Yeah, so, so you I can, can say I can it. Should talk that. as much as I want. Um, cable, like Josh Brolin is Cable. Oh, he was so fantastic. Yep. Yeah, like that that character again. As soon as he hit screen, it was just like so well done. Um, I'm trying to think, what else did we see? Well, on my list was Halloween. I haven't right. seen it yet. You haven't seen that? I thought you I was did on the, the double bill kind of thing. You I was saw... on the road. Oh, I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched uh, seventy eight. Yeah, and then I was in Hamilton, and I watched Halloween two because AMC had the Halloween marathon. <laughs> so I watched Halloween two, and then I was off to the states, oh. and I wasn't paying. I wasn't paying $14 American to go see the movie. Yeah. And then by the time I got back, I just never had oh, an opportunity. Damn it. So. I want to know what you, because I think you'll really like it. And I want to hear I what you want to I haven't even listened to also, your review yet. Yeah. I'm well, waiting the, to, it's a segregated episode. So. Yeah. So I, it's sitting in my feed because I haven't listened to it because I haven't watched the movie yet. So um, let's see here. What else was there? And in, not to toot my own horn. Good episode of our show. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, I haven't had a chance to see Fallout yet. I do have the Blu-ray. Just um, I was waiting to watch mm. it with my wife, so I haven't had a chance. Um, there was a lot of stuff this year. Like I had completely forgotten about Deadpool too. Yeah, like yeah, it was. Even though it came out twice last year. Yeah, and I I whittled it off my list, but it was a solid movie. Like well, and, same like Black, Black Panther. Like, but I don't know. I just always have a problem with. 
I guess maybe it's been since Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier was the last Marvel movie that was the best Marvel movie of the year, or like my favorite movie of the year. Okay, so not to spoil things for you, but you should listen to this episode when we put it out because Nate Milton and I go on that whole path that you're talking about right now. Because like you're I, not alone in your I thinking. I think Winter Soldier was the last Marvel standalone movie. Yeah. Well, not only that, it is so well written and so well done that Nate and I both talked about it, talk about it in a little bit, that it could have, like, it's a great Captain America movie, but it could have been a Bourne movie. Oh, no. You know, it's, like, it, like it's it's very well done for that genre of film. It could have been Bourne, could have been Bond. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's... No, it was the best, it was one of the best spy movies to come out in yeah, a long time. and it's the gold standard for the, the MCU. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's the one I compare Because really, Civil to. War, you get Civil War, well, Civil War isn't done. Like, And that's right at that point, you get Civil War, and you get everybody in it. So it, basically, it was an Avengers movie, Yeah, and then the Avengers are split, so it's like, well, this isn't done. It didn't finish telling a story yet. Black Panther is still... It's a standalone. It doesn't affect the rest of the MCU. Mm. But as soon as you bring out Infinity War, it's the prequel to Infinity War. Half the, yeah. like a, the big chunk of the movie happens yeah, in Wakanda. Wakanda so. so it sort of takes it out of that, well, it's not a standalone movie anymore because it's directly involved yeah. in Infinity War. And really, there's other parts that doesn't, there's pieces that don't make sense as much anymore. Um, you know, like the end of Black Panther. That, when they're leaving Oakland at the end of Black Panther, when they're, you know, telling everyone about Wakanda, how does that tie in? Well, I guess, you know, it just it doesn't fit as well. But not saying it's a bad movie. It's just not on the top of my list. And some of my top of my, my lists from previous years was 2017 was Kong Skull Island. Yep. Start, that's my favorite movie of the well, year. That's why I bring other people on. You know? 2013, my favorite movie of that year was Lone Ranger. Hmm. 2016, my favorite movie of the year was uh, Ghostbusters. 2018, my favorite movie of the year, Justice League. I have watched Justice League so many times. And really... When it comes down to it, when I'm on the road, I have my tablet. I might have four movies on my tablet. Yeah. So what if, what am I willing to put on my tablet to watch over and over and over again? So, but yeah. uh, Halloween topped my list. I was kind of surprised when I got down to it. It was my favorite movie of the year, and like that's and I loved Infinity War and um, Overlord. Also made like made my list for a short period of time because there there was nothing else like it out this year yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Now, Mandy, like Mandy got special mention because that I still haven't watched that. See, still and just the, fucking nuts. See, the beginning of this year, the movies I watched the m- most of, or sorry, not this year. I guess the the movies I watched the most of at the beginning of 2018 was Ragnarok and Wonder Woman. Yeah, I watched them a lot. So, but I still put Justice League as my favorite movie of of 2018 because yeah. I just. There's so much fun in it. So, no, not a lot of, not a big list this year, but. uh, I'm imagining with your road schedule, there's not a lot of TV on your your list either, right? TV is pretty much non-existent 
for me. Just or it's just background noise, right? Well, um, when you're in hotels, so you're on a different cable system or a different time zone or a different region, it's tough to get hooked into a show. Um, but my, probably my favorite shows of the year, um, Con- the Connors is probably high on my list. Oh, the Roseanne. Yes. Uh, um, I don't know what to call it. Spin-off? Well, it's it's basically... It's Roseanne without Roseanne. So well, it's I don't not know. really... It's the evolution of the show because they basically they kill off Roseanne in the first episode. Yeah. So it's the family learning to live without the matriarch in their life. And it's really well done. It's funny as hell. They touch on... I was never a huge Roseanne fan because I don't like Roseanne. Mm. But I love John Goodman. I love Laurie Metcalf. I like the characters. I just didn't like Roseanne. But the great thing about the Connors, it touches on some hot button topics. Like uh, Darlene's son is gender fluid. Yeah. So that's, you know, uh, when Mark is having a conversation with with um, Dan about him having feelings for a boy, you know, you get to see, you know, Dan's uncomfortable. He doesn't know how to talk about it, but then still is like, well, I don't know what to say, but it's still your life and uh, you are who you are. So Mm. just go with how you feel. Um, They touch on how Becky is an alcoholic. Um, They touch on how Becky gets pregnant on a one night stand. The other great thing on poor Becky, because her husband's dead in the show too. Her right? husband, well, he's dead in real life. Yeah, um, the, the yeah, her husband is dead in the show, and uh, she was supposed to have a surrogate mother or a surrogate baby and all that kind of stuff. But the greatest thing is is the co stars or the guest stars they've brought in. Matthew Broderick's on the show. Yeah, um, Sarah Chalk, who was fake Becky, they brought her back onto the show being the surrogate. So the fact that they took a character or an actress who in the original series, they brought her back in and tied her in. Um, uh, David came back. Yeah, which I would love to know what the... The contract wrangling in order to make that happen. But was. but you figured Laurie Metcalf's there too, so you got their connection on Big Bang Theory. Yeah, they bring um, um, David back, and his new girlfriend Blue is Juliet Lewis, Lewis. Yeah, which as being a National Lampoon fan, it's like, oh my God, it's Rusty and Audrey. They brought back the Gris- yeah. two of the Griswolds. Yeah, but now they're. I know, but it's just, I love, (laughs) I love how everything is connected in the show. Um, Now I'm, I'm a couple episodes behind on my PVR, but Katie Seagal's on the show. Huh. Okay. So you've brought Peg Bundy in, who is also the mom from Ain't Simple Rules to Date My Teenage Daughter. So it's just like so... See, I really think of her as of late as she's the mom from Sons of Anarchy, where she is essentially Lady Macbeth in that show. But uh, to me, she's always Peg Bundy. So the fact that Peg Bundy is interested in Dan Connor is is really cool. (laughs) Um, The other shows I've been watching, um, well, we've not 
haven't missed an episode and we PVR every single one, uh, Curse of Oak Island. That's my... Also made Ryan's list, if yep. I'm not mistaken. I, I love that yep. show. It's uh, completely fascinating. And this current season, I, I think we're going to find out more than we ever have before. Um, well, they keep finding new stuff. They yep. keep finding new buried structures They've, that have never been... Well, that have, haven't been they've put more money covered since they were buried. They've put more money into the archaeology this year than ever before. So it's it's and the science that they're using is really really interesting. So I'm I'm loving that show. Uh, Letter Kenny. Yeah, Letter Kenny's God love Letter Kenny. Yeah. So our American listeners probably I don't know. Can is it's it on yeah, Hulu? It is it's on oh, Hulu it's now on in the Hulu. states. So, so if you're American even, and even listen Kevin to the Smith show, is a fan of it. Well, letter- he likes Canadian stuff, though. So yes, he, he more or less like he's an expat, but yeah. wasn't born here. Well, Letter Kenny is definitely top. Like I don't have Crave, but I pick up the DVD the day it comes out. Um, yeah. So those are pretty much my top TV. Um, you know, it's just I just don't have a lot of time to yeah, get well, into. That's why I'm surprised you have that much. Yeah, to be honest I just, with you. you know, I just don't get into a lot of episodes. Um, you know, like <gasps> I loved Supergirl and I loved all, and it's just I can't get into them. Just I don't have time. Same yeah. with all the Netflix shows. I've got Netflix, but I've got crappy internet, so I don't watch any Netflix. So I haven't. I'm still have to work through season two of daredevil which i have on blu-ray so but that's about it for tv for me okay well we have one more question for snowhawk cosplay but first we're going to my conversation with our good friend nate milton from the kings of sport and the upcoming rocky mayavia picture show and uh, just getting Nate's thoughts on the year that was nerdy entertainment and then we'll be back to close things up So we can't do a uh, end of 2018 best of favorite of episode without uh, bringing on one of our favorite friends of the show. Uh, Luckily, he was able to do this kind of on the last minute. Uh, We have with us brother Nate Milton. How are you, Nate? What's going on, brother Brent? You know, it's it's. Short notice, long notice. You know, if if it's in my power to to show up for for my friends, I will do that. Even though it, it's cold up here in, in Canada, uh, <laughs> in, in the words of uh, a wise wise king, I never freeze. <laughs> so let's let's start off with uh, the uh, the movies of 2018. Did you have any particular favorites this year? I have a feeling I know one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really loved The Star is Born. It was something that touched my heart. No, I'm kidding. I mean, that was a good movie. Uh, I didn't but it get was... a chance to see it, but at, at my day job, they play a pop station. And one mm. of the songs off of it, I'm kind of surprised I rather like. Yeah, like Lady Gaga is a surprisingly good actress. Like, I think she is what Madonna wishes she was. Oh. Like, she's what Madonna... She's what Madonna wanted to be, like, in the 80s. Yeah, okay, yeah, uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> like, she, Lady Gaga ain't out here playing Breathless Mahone, Mahoney on uh, Dick Tracy. She's she's doing legitimate roles uh, that she's getting nominations for. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Dick Tracy's awesome, dude. <laughs> hey, Dick Tracy has, has his charms. Uh, <laughs> but no, Brent, I think this was a, a big year for movies, particularly if, you know, you're somebody like you or myself and, and your listening audience that 
likes of, you know, the comic book stuff, the superhero stuff, because this was a year where we obviously got Black Panther, which is one of my favorite MCU movies. I think Black Panther is not the best MCU movie. I think still that's Winter Soldier. Okay, Um, I would agree. Because I think Winter Soldier is one of the movies that transcends the Marvel formula. Uh, but I think Black Panther might be the movie that is the best example of a Marvel of a Marvel movie, if that makes sense. Like it, it works the formula to a T. It just doesn't elevate past the formula, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I get. I get you. Yeah. Because it, at the at the end of the day, it still feels like, regardless, it, it's a Marvel movie. Yes. It's, it's Whereas very when a soldier well done. feels like when a soldier could be anybody. Like it, yeah. it just so happens to be a superhero movie. Winter Soldier could very much be a born movie in a lot of ways. Yes, yeah. exa- exactly. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I love Black Panther. I, I'm excited for the the sequel. I, I thought you know this was a really and and I I I know it's going to be cliche coming from me, but I think this was a really big movie or a really big year to showcase that we don't need to always have just a random white guy to lead a blockbuster. You know, not only do we have Chadwick Boseman and Michael B in Black Panther, but we book into the year with Aquaman, which was led by Jason Momoa and directed by James Wan. And I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the DC films. Uh, Not that they've given me great cause to be a a huge fan. Uh, Oh, the shade is real. Uh, But I, I really enjoyed Aquaman. Um, I thought Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a really cool, unique presentation of, you know, a, a an animated uh, superhero movie. Like I dug it. I think the music worked, the the unique art style worked. So I, I was really pleased with Into the Spider-Verse. And I don't think we can talk about 2018 without talking about Infinity War, because uh, that was a movie. Like I like Infinity War a lot. But I don't love it as much as most people seem to. But I still like I was watching it on Netflix this weekend and I'm like, yeah, this is a really strong movie. And and so it just gives me a lot of hope for what Marvel's got in store for us this year. Yeah, I, I, for Infinity War, in some ways, I, I think we talked about this the, the last time I talked to you about it. Um, I, I really think it depends on how they stick the landing. Yes, and like, and that could that could potentially elevate Infinity War a lot more. Like, it went depending on what they do with it, or you know, it, it, the whole thing could crap the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't foresee that happening, given Marvel's track record. But at the same time, it's like it is a possibility. Like, how crazy is twenty nineteen going to be, Brent? Like, not only do we have Captain Marvel, uh, which is a big deal for Marvel uh, in terms of the, their first film led by a woman like i think that it's great that they finally have <laughs> caught up to dc so there's a there's a point in dc's favor yeah uh but not only do we get captain marvel which i think is going to be a good film we're going to get the second part of infinity war the uh end game and then like today come on brent oh like, when yeah. i woke up this morning getting ready to go to work and they dropped that spider-man teaser on us man come on uh, and it was good too. It, it it doesn't really give away too much. That that's what I really like with Mar- what Marvel's been doing with their trailers in the last little while. Is it, it gives you enough to whet your appetite, and you know the basic beats of like, you know, the Spider Man's going on a, a, on a trip somewhere in Europe, but beyond that, you don't really know a huge amount of the story. 
and oh, it just the it between that and um, we also got our first look at John Wick three today too. Mm. So it, with the trailer apparently coming out later this week or early next week, I think so. Yeah, it, it's going to be a busy movie watching season for me. This and like all those. Man, we, we haven't even talked about Glass. Like I think Glass could be a, could be a, a sneaky good film. I I'm hoping so because I love Unbreakable. Uh, Unbreakable mm. is one of my favorite comic book movies out there. But um, what was the the slice? Is that the the name of the last one? Uh, Split. Split. Yeah. yeah. It it was an an okay movie up until the end where it connected to Unbreakable. We're like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. So, <laughs> and M Night Shyamalan has has a a lot to pay for right now, <laughs> given his his track record up until uh, up until Split. There, there's, yeah, a, there's a lot of terrible in there. Yeah, I was gonna say the thing about M Night Shyamalan is I think. He he has a really creative mind. I think that he has clear ideas about what he wants to say, but sometimes the execution doesn't hold up to those ideas. Mm. Like I, like you said, I, I really love Unbreakable. I think Sixth Sense is a super strong film the first time you see it, and it gets decreasingly less strong because you know the trick. But I have hopes, man. I have hopes for Split. I mean, uh, not for Split, for uh, <laughs> Glass. Uh, just because it's it's kind of this cool backdoor trilogy that nobody knew was happening until the end of, of Split. Yeah. And so, like, I, I I have faith in this one. Like, I have faith that Glass will be more like Unbreakable and less like Split if you didn't care for Split. And, hey, man, Samuel is getting another check, so I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah, and and it's one of those things that I can foresee, even if that movie isn't that great, I think he'll be good in it. Like, because yes. he seems to love that character. Yeah, because he's, and and it's gonna sound funny, but I was listening to a review of Unbreakable uh, on another podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and they were like, his uh, portrayal of uh, Mister Glass in Unbreakable might be one of his best acting jobs because in everything else he's good, but he's just playing a variation of Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, whereas yeah. in Unbreakable, he's very understated and and he's actually transforming into this character. So switching gears a little bit to the the world of television, um, I, I gotta guess that uh, Black Lightning is on your list for uh, favorite shows of the year. Why would you assume that, Brent? Because you you've got a whole podcast dedicated to it. You you got me there. You... <laughs> <laughs> You got me there. Yeah, Black Lightning. Actually, a lot of the CW shows, man. Like, I still enjoy Flash. Uh, Arrow, yeah. Supergirl, yeah. Uh, but I really enjoy Flash. I thought the crossover, uh, the crossover, the Elseworlds was pretty good. Uh, but it was basically just kind of the preamble for Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I think has the potential to be epic uh, next yeah. year, or I guess later this year. Uh, I guess we'll see um, it, 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 when they plan on put, putting it out. But yeah, because I think at the end it said fall, but that to me says that they'll be starting the season with the crossover, and then we spend the rest of the year 
kind of picking up the pieces from it. So it it'll be interesting because like that's that's pretty ambitious. Uh, yeah, for, it's an interesting idea uh, for television, definitely. Yeah, and I think we'll see like some of the other shows, the Supergirl get brought into this world, the uh, Black Lightning crew brought into this world, and, and and again, Black Lightning is a show that really challenges people and it challenges them in the way they tell their stories, uh, which is basically like a little, a lot of mini arcs within the, the larger story. Uh, and it also challenges people, you know, with, with some of their ideas about society and, and the way that we treat each other and the way that things are set up systemically. And so I, I'm a big fan of, uh, black lightning, both the comic character and the TV show. Um, but yeah, man, there's a lot of good TV out there nowadays. Like I, I think Runaways is an underrated show, and I never thought I'd say that. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed. I'm enjoying season two of Runaways so far. I'm excited, and again, I never thought I'd say this. I'm excited for season two of Cloak and Dagger because I really enjoyed the first season. Yeah, I, I haven't checked out Cloak and Dagger, but I, I like ran through all of Runaways in basically two days. And really, really dug it. And I'm curious what they do kind of with second and third season. Because um, I'm a big fan of the comic. And some aspects of it were definitely adhered to. And some weren't. And, and like, yes. not in a, yeah. in a negative way. But, like, it, it's one of those things. Like, there's certain aspects of that show that I have no idea where it's going. Which is kind of nice. Yeah. And so it's it, it's good, man. Like, even though we lost pretty much all of the uh, Netflix MCU. It's good that there are some other options out there for yeah, and, fans and, of this stuff on, on broadcast TV. We've only got two more. We've got one season of Jessica Jones and one season of Punisher. Well, presumably, they could be renewed. Netflix could do an about-face, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, and, and I, hate to, I, hate to, I hate to be that guy, Brent, but those are the two shows I was least interested in. Yeah, no, I... I I love Jessica Jones season one. Season yes, two yes. just did not do anything for me. And um, Punisher was, uh, it was all right. It was one of those ones that like, I think got bogged down a bit, maybe by the, the episode run that it had to do. Mm, like, yes. I think if it had been knocked, like three episodes knocked off of it, it probably would have been a better, tighter show. Yeah, so I, I I never thought I would say that I, I miss uh, Finn Jones's Danny Rand, but I, I kind of miss him. I kind of miss him. Yeah, uh, I'm curious to see if so. The 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 apparent rumor is is those characters are all locked in sort of into non compete clauses of sorts for another two years. Mm. That's it. Which also expl- basically the the what I've been heard and read is that those Netflix characters cannot appear in another media form outside of Netflix for two years after they ended, which would Mm. also explain why we never saw any of those characters in the MCU greater, even as cameos. Like, that that makes a lot more sense now, too. And it's sad, man, because, like, they... Uh, Cloak and Dagger actually planted a bunch of uh, seeds last year for a crossover, at least, you know, with uh, certain characters uh, out of Luke Cage. And so it's sometimes I wish it was more like wrestling where people could just show up and be like, uh, wait a minute, what's going on? That's Luke Cage. He doesn't work here. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess man, Disney Disney's going to get their money one way or the other. So well, that's, that's another thing I'm excited for, though, is Disney. I want to see how 
this uh, this streaming service takes off and the the Marvel options that are going to be available when it launches. Well, it sounds like you're going to get it before we do because it, it, we have no date or time or idea whether it's coming to Canada or not. So, huh. yeah, that, well, it, it, that's the same with DC streaming service. What mm. um, We're lucky in the fact with that one, at least... Uh, Titans is a has a Netflix deal up here, so it, it just okay. popped up this week. So I'll be able to sit down and watch that. But that's some, the same as uh, like Flash and, and Black Lightning up there for you guys, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. They don't have television homes on Canadian networks, so I guess Netflix worked out a deal. But the the problem with that is they don't have Green Arrow or Supergirl, so the crossover episodes aren't going to help. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so, so what you're saying is uh, that Stephen Amell can be all in, but Arrow in Canada is all out. <laughs> uh, I will let you have that one, sir. <laughs> um, speaking of which, um, since uh, my show occasionally touches it because uh, two out of four of us are big wrestling fans, uh, and I know you are a big wrestling fan, I can't uh, stop talking to you unless I get your kind of thoughts on what uh, you think of the potential of AEW. Uh, I think the potential is is limitless, man. I I think it's good for the business. Uh, Obviously, they're not going to be an immediate competitor to WWE on day one. Mm. But I do think they have sort of the building blocks in place when you talk about the creative minds of somebody like a Cody Rhodes, the marketing savvy of, of people like the Young Bucks, the money, maybe the most important thing, the financial backing of people like the cons, uh, yep. Shad and Tony, who are like, they got so much money, and I'm going to steal a Chris Rock joke and use it for my own purposes. They got so much money, if they woke up with Vince McMahon's bank account, they would jump out the window. Yeah, because uh, I heard... It was either a podcast or a website mentioned that like they're the 250th richest family in the. I don't know if it's the world or just North America. But, I mean, they own the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. You know, owning an NFL team is not cheap. They also own uh, a soccer league team over in England. I believe it's a Premier League team in England, which is not cheap either. So they got deep pockets, and their connection with this wrestling venture is really intriguing to me. And particularly if you look at that press conference where they talked about things like healthcare, where they talked about things like uh, equal pay or or more fair pay Mm. for the uh, female performers. Like if they can get this thing off the ground and and make it a sustainable, a sustainable product where not only is the niche audience that, you know, was, was there for all in, follows it but wrestling fans in general your typical wwe fans can gravitate to it they have the potential to, to do some things that could change the industry you know in terms of better treatment for the workers so i am i am optimistic about this i think if they do things right and they get the right tv home that they could within a year or two be the number two company in north america like like i said still beating the wwe that's that's a long, long, long ways away. But if they play their cards right, if they do things the smart way, which I think they will, knowing the people uh, put in place there, they have the potential to be the number two company in the country within a year. Yeah. Do you think it really hinges on that TV deal? 
Yeah, because TV is is everything these days, man. Like as much as people want to say that you know television is a changed industry and people are cord cutting now and everything's streaming or digital, which is true to a certain extent. There's still a lot of people that have not crossed that technology barrier yet, and they get most of their entertainment through traditional cable. Mm. And so to me, like if you can. You know, a street like having a streaming service for uh, all elite would be cool, but you limit yourself if that's the only place they can get your show. I think if they're able to come to a deal with somebody like a WGN or somebody like a Spike TV, or in a best case scenario, if they could come to an agreement with somebody like Turner and have the backing of Turner Sports with them as well, yeah, that would be something that makes them a major player in in the industry. And and you as an old school WCW fan, if they showed up on TNT, <laughs> yeah, and and it, like the branding's there because the show on Tuesday, I think it's like Tuesday Night Dynamite or something. Yeah, something along those lines. So what, you got Tuesday Night Dynamite on TNT. It writes itself. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. That is really good. <laughs> they I, should hire me, Cody, if you're listening. Could get. Call me, brother. Hey, 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 I have I have been open about I I will go to work for those guys in a behind the scenes copywriting or yes or writing role. What to, yeah. I don't know. I am it's more crazy than happy like, to bring fans, you along as a excited. broadcaster. Yeah, it is crazy, Brent, because like fans are excited, but I think people who work in the industry and are tangentially connected to the industry, like everybody's excited. Like I've seen so many people that I follow and follow me in terms of people in the business over the last week and a half, two weeks that are just like, Hey, Cody, Matt, Nick, I'll let you boy if you get a chance. Cause, cause I think there's a cool factor. There's a freshness factor with this product. And yeah. I hope that it isn't squandered because, you know, for a little perspective, We've seen something like this before, not to this degree with with that type of backing uh, mm. in terms of the financials, but we've seen this with TNA, where they were they were the hot they were the new hotness, they were the new hotness for a time being for you know two or three years before they became old and busted, and so that's what uh, you would hope AEW can avoid. Like they they don't want to become old and busted, uh, they want to stay that new hotness and and uh, keep things moving. That's another movie I'm excited for that that new Men in Black. Oh, yeah. So we'll use that as the perfect segue. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2019? I mean, obviously Spider-Man. Like, I I have uh, a lot of high hopes for that movie, particularly with uh, the, the people. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the people that were involved in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, there was somebody in the trailer who, let's just say, Brent, kind of takes the Tony Stark mentor role in this one. Yeah, and surprise the crap out of me that he showed up. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Like, I think him and Tom Holland could have some really great scenes together. So I'm I'm, I'm really amped for uh, Spider-Man. Of course, uh, Endgame, uh, uh, that MIB movie. I'm I'm glad it's not a a reboot of the franchise. Yes. Uh, Because, you know, granted, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones might never do another one, but... I I want that option to be open, and I want them to be able to play in the sandbox that uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones did for two and a half really good movies. And um, it also looks like this movie might have a slightly different tone to it, too. Like, uh, the, the trailer is very action-based as opposed yes. to 
comedy, right? Like we didn't have a lot of the the jokes that you you kind well, of associate. I mean, you with you that. can do that though when you have. And no offense to Tommy Lee Jones, but Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones was an old man when the first Men in Black came out. Oh yeah, and Will Smith is a great actor, but and he can do action, particularly in his younger days. But he's not that dude anymore. Chris Hemsworth, like he's got the comedy and he's got the physicality for for this action as well as uh, Tessa Thompson, you know. Mm. So I'm 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 really excited for this, man. Yeah, I, uh, I it's one of those movies I keep forgetting about, but yeah, like uh, it, it the trailer was enough to sell me on it, and I like Men in Black one and three. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I think they had they made two and a half good movies. Like I think one and one and three are, are fine. There were parts of two that I liked, but. You know, mainly the Rosario Dawson parts, uh, but uh, overall, too, just kind of felt like a misfire. Yeah, I like uh, Michael Jackson's cameo in that movie. Weirdly, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to that. There's another thing I'm looking forward to though. Uh, what is it? What is it? Oh, uh, Shazam! Because that comes out next year or uh, this year, right? Yep, it comes out uh, next month, I believe. Okay, yeah, because I, I like. Uh, now you just made me sad because they're gonna have to go head to head with Captain Marvel, right? Um. Oh, maybe it's it, no. They they they're not. The it's uh one is actually a little bit later. I I want to okay. say Captain Marvel is actually March this year. Okay. Okay. Good. Because yeah. I I wouldn't want to, like I like Zachary Levi a lot. Like mm. he of course he was good in Chuck. He was actually one of the better parts of the uh, Heroes reboot. Uh, the Heroes Reborn. Yep. Uh, and I think, like, just from the trailers I've seen, this might be, like, following in the footsteps of Aquaman, the new tone of the uh, DCEU, where we don't take ourselves so seriously. And and I think that's a good thing for them. Uh, I do, too. And especially with, like, Shazam, just due to the nature of the character, a kid who becomes basically Superman... You don't want that to be deadly serious because no. it doesn't make any sense to to be that serious. I I hope there's at least one cameo or interaction between him and an established DC hero, though. <laughs> Just for there's so much joke material in there yeah. that I hope we get to see a little bit of that, but I, I don't know if we will or not. I mean, I'm, the one thing that disappoints me, though, is the I guess we're not going to get the the uh, Black Adam cameo because that's that's what I wanted to see, you know, featuring a certain Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, it really the, the, there are rumors going on both sides that, yeah, he shot something. No, he didn't because um, that that film shot in up in our neck of the woods. It was shot in Toronto, or at least a majority of it was. Okay. So, like, there was a lot of stories and rumors and stuff of that floating around. Like, oh, he was spotted at the airport, but uh, nothing was ever confirmed. So, <laughs> maybe that was his whole cameo. He's just sitting on the tarmac. <laughs> and and it also depends. On, like for a while. Oh, there, okay. He... Hold on, hold on, friend. Hold on. Not to oh. hijack your show, but I just I just figured out a way. If the only footage they have is of Dwayne Johnson sitting on an airplane, this is how they could. How they could make it a post-credit scene? Like you just take the footage of him, you sh- flip it so we're we're behind the guy's head, so we we don't actually have to see the rock. You could get a rock stand in, uh, and then the flight attendant comes up and uh, it's like, uh, uh, sir, would would you like a beverage? And he's like, you don't have to call me, sir. My name's Adam, and I like coffee. And then how would you like your coffee? 
pause for effect. Black. Oh. Cut the credits. We got Black Adam. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> hey, it's at least as good as the uh, the uh, Woody Harrelson cameo in, in, in that... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was so terrible. <laughs> Ven- Venom itself was, wasn't a bad movie. Um, it, it was okay. Like, it wasn't yeah. great. It was the the best parts were the interaction between Eddie and the symbiote, honestly. But here's the thing, though, uh, uh, Brent. Even let, like let, I'm not gonna say bad because I, I agree, Venom wasn't a bad movie. But even the lesser superhero movies that we got in 2018, like a Venom, um, like a Teen Titans Go to the movies for some people, like I really enjoyed it. But I know oh, a yeah, lot of people, we we all loved it here. So I, I know some people wasn't their cup of tea. But if you compare those movies that we got in 2018 to the movies we were getting in the early 2000s, man, it's night and day in terms of quality. Oh, yeah. Or, like, even the spinoffs. Like, so we'll, we'll say Venom is sort of a spinoff from Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man's never, ever mentioned in that movie. Yeah. But you compare that to the Electra movie that spun off of Ben yeah. Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah. He, Venom wins, hands down, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so thank you for your time, Nate. And if our listeners uh, want to hear more of you, where can they find you on the various interwebs and podcasts? Oh boy, I got to tell you, Brent. I either I am a super diligent hard worker, uh, or I, I love doing these podcasts, or I'm a glutton for, for punishments. Probably somewhere in the middle, because it, it could be not, both. Yes, <laughs> all of the above. Like, not only uh, can folks find me on the Kings of Sport podcast with Marcus Vanderberg, they can, well, by the way, Kings of Sport has launched a Patreon. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, our Patreon should be up, and you can go to my uh, Twitter page, in the number 8MOZAIK, at name Mosaic on Twitter, to find out how you can subscribe to the Kings of Sport if you choose to do so. Uh, but in addition to the Kings of Sport, I am also on a show for the post-wrestling network uh, that just recently debuted called the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, which is a show where each week me and a guest or guests uh, will review the filmography of America's greatest thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, in chronological order. So uh, the Scorpion King episode featuring myself and former WWE writer Brian Mann is out currently. A uh, bit of a spoiler for the listeners of your show, Brent. Uh, you might be popping up here sooner or later. In yeah, the, in the near I'm future. looking forward to it. We won't say which movie it is yet, yeah. but um, it. I think uh, the listeners of both our shows should be happy. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I think they will enjoy it. Uh, I think we're going to have a good time, you, me, and our prospective third guest. Uh, the other thing that I've got going on is Place to Be Nation's main event, which is a bi-weekly show with myself and uh, others where we talk about the happenings in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, that's on the Place to Be Nation Network. And finally, Brent, I have yet another new endeavor. Uh, new Japan's own Kevin Kelly, uh, formerly of ROH, formerly of the WWE, currently of New Japan, is launching his very own podcast network. Oh, really? And I am going to be one of the hosts of a monthly review of WWE pay-per-views. It's going to come out immediately after each pay-per-view. Uh, so probably about an hour 
hour and a half, maybe at the most, depending on how long it takes us to edit these things. Yeah. Uh, after the pay per view and the first edition of the show, which we have tentatively, tentative, tentatively, that's how you say that word, uh, tentatively titled uh, "Chain Reaction," uh, is going to happen on Sunday, January twenty seventh, after the Royal Rumble. So it'll be Ooh. me and three or four guests. Giving, you know, we're kind of doing like an around the horn PTI style show, but instead of talking sports, we're going to be talking about the WWE pay per view to air that night. So that's a chain reaction on the Kevin Kelly Podcast Network, uh, the main event on the Place of the Nation Network, the Rocky Mountain Video Picture Show on Post Wrestling, and the Kings of Sport and the Kings of Sport Patreon. <laughs> So um, much like Dwayne Johnson, it always forwards out there too. Like whenever, whenever (laughs) we get around to finishing, always forward. Like that's like I, I have the I own the domain, so I might as we might as well Ethan and I might as well get around to finishing that one day. But the good thing about Luke Cage being canceled, maybe the only good thing, Brent, is that now we can finish our season two reviews whenever we get to it. (laughs) Like there's no immediacy now because you know they're not making a season three. Well, not on Netflix at any rate. Not, not for probably at least two years. <laughs> Thanks Maybe again, that's Nate. That's how they explain the time difference. Maybe the two years where they have to wait for the Netflix contract to run out, all of the defenders would have been snapped away. Or, or but, yeah, or dealing with the, that at any rate. Like, you know, yeah. having your existence wiped out, that's going to be a little traumatic. Yeah, that that's a way to do it. If they if they really wanted to, like I think I, I don't I don't think Feige really cares. Um, but he might now that that it's on the Disney thing. But uh, there, there's a way to do it if they really want to want to service the fans of those shows. Yeah, I I I have a feeling he might just because of the the outcry that came for especially Luke Cage and Daredevil. Like yeah, I, I, Daredevil I could really I could surprised. see Iron Fist maybe getting left behind a little bit, but. Luke Cage and Daredevil, yeah. especially. There, it was, was yo, it was funny, and I, I don't mean to trivialize uh, the 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 uh, great words of you know first they came for it, and then they you know I ignored it, then they came for me. But it was like in terms of the fan base, it was like first they came for Iron Fist, and nobody cared. Then they came for Luke Cage, and a percentage of the audience cared. Then they came for Daredevil, and there was no one left to speak for me. And it's like, yeah, there's there's a profound fan base out there for these shows and these characters and these these actors. Because I think there's varying degrees of how good those shows were on Netflix, Brent. Yeah. We talked about it. But those actors, particularly when they shared the screen together, they were good. And I hope that there's a way that they, they can continue telling those stories, uh, even if it's not as gritty as it was on Netflix. Well, we shall see. Um, as Nate has listed off the the very place, various places you can find them. Um, thank you again, Nate, for uh, joining me on short notice. But it, it's always great to talk to you. Oh, it is always good to talk to you, my friend. I'm glad we could uh, reminisce on 2018 and and then look forward to uh, 2019, man. And and so I'm I'm going to. Uh, Go and rewatch my Blu-ray edition of Black Panther, and, and I'll talk to you down the line, my friend. And that was yet another interview that the people sitting at this table did not get to hear yet. <laughs> I'm sure it was wonderful. Uh, it was okay. I, I was chatting Nate. Nate. Nate's a pretty good dude. I, I The only part of my trip to Virginia that 
I semi regret is that I wasn't able to get together with Nate because it was there was a six hour difference between where he was and I was or four. Like it was it was enough that I'm, we were both like no. no. Yeah, and when we find out that we're when you were in Virginia, I was in Virginia. Yeah, and we were like ten minutes away from each other. That's funny. Yeah, but at least you got to go to one of the the Cooters museums at this point. Well, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Nashville. I ended up going to a Cooters museum in Nashville and and bought a whole bunch of Dukes of Hazzard stuff. So So the last thing I wanted to ask you before we end this episode, Ed, is you are a cosplayer. You cosplay a fair amount at shows when you are home. Yep. Because that stuff you can't really take on the road with you too, too much. Unless I go as Nick Fury and take an eye patch with me. Yeah. You, uh, I guess you can't board a plane like that, though, because it wouldn't prove I don't have an eye. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was your favorite cosplay experience of this this year? Because you debuted a couple new costumes this year. So this year, the new ones um, was the it was just after Fan Expo. I invested a bit of money into my cosplays. So this year, my goal was to not build as much, but buy more. So I, I affectionately called it cost play. You know, um, it was just a lot easier to just for time. It's just a lot easier buy the suits. Yeah. Um, I had one build this year. Uh, that was vulture that I did at March comic con, which turned out really well, which I ran a poll on my Instagram and that ended up being my top, cosplay for 2018 by voting i had some people say that i've set up my voting very difficult uh, <laughs> how was it set up well the, no he means by the choices yeah right? by like the choices so, okay. choose so maybe like, whatever not, you did was just made it hard not that you had to press the the question mark button in order to get the right answer well no it was one of those i would put i took every single individual cosplay i did so I cosplayed Hawkeye four times this year. Yeah. So I'd put Hawkeye up against Thor, and I'd put Hawkeye up against Batman. I'd put Hawkeye... Eventually, Hawkeye kept winning, so I just bundled all Hawkeyes into one category and said, pick the best Hawkeye, which it was all the same suit. But then I put my new Batman suit against Nightmare. And some people said, how do I choose? I went, choose your favorite. So... um so Batman was one of my new ones. Um, I bought a cowl from uh, Gauntlet, Gauntlet FX on Etsy from Calgary. And the rest of it I assembled myself. I also got a new Captain America suit that I bought from White Sheep, uh, White Sheep Leather. And that suit, I decided to go with the 2012 Avengers colors. But it's a motorcycle style suit. So it's a... Modern type suit, but based on the classic colors. I.e. looks a little bit better than the movie version did. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So I still have a little bit of work to do, especially on cap. Uh, I got to get new boots and I got to get uh, yeah, but you, some gloves. You tend to tweak stuff yeah. after the first or second time you need to um, do it. So, but as far as my favorite cosplay experience of the year, um, one of the most fun things I had was the Sunday of Fan Expo, I brought Nightmare Batman to mm-hmm. Fan Expo. 
And that was one of my most favorite because I stood in the same place for about three hours. And that got the best reaction out of people and was a lot of fun. Um, the One of my most favorite experiences of the year was the Barry Public Library Comic Con. Um, this is one of the years that I was actually involved a little more heavily with the Comic Con this year. And I also had the opportunity to be the host of the costume contest. And I had a lot of fun with that. So um, we have a really good contingent of cosplayers in Barry here that were able to come out. Um, Heather was there as Wonder Woman again. Aki was there as Captain America. Uh, Winston, friend of the show, was there. Um, do, he actually got to present a panel as well. So he was one of the judges for the costume contest. He's a very good prop maker. Oh, he's it's, top, top. Yeah. Um, also, paper bag cosplay was there. So uh, Marie and Catherine were there with uh, the kids. So their paper bag is the is the team. And Marie and Catherine are our sisters. Oh, okay. Who they've won multiple awards um, at Anim. Anime North and other events. So they're top tier cosplayers. They were there also doing um, demonstrations. So the nice thing I like with the show at the library, I kind of grab my spot where I always like to be right out front, welcoming people as they come in. And uh, it was great. And also Ryan suited up as a Ghostbuster. So if you check my Instagram, you'll see some pictures of uh, of Ryan suited up with Stuart yeah. as Ghostbusters. And uh, I even pulled my uh, my Ghostbuster suit out because, you know, Ghostbusters just go perfectly in a library. Well, in exactly. My opinion. Yeah. Hand in hand. So like library, firehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that. Giant temple set on top of an apartment building somewhere. Exactly. So that was uh, a lot of fun. Um we're already starting to plan uh, BPL Comic Con 2019 uh, in the next month. We're already going to start planning for it and uh, really working hard to help focus and showcase the uh, the Barry and area cosplayers. Um, that's sort of where my goal and vision is. And um, I'm actually going work probably um, more as far as the cosplay coordinator to well, help, to help that happen. So well, that's good. It, uh, it was a great event. And, uh, I know Jen had a lot to do with its, its fruition and its, and its Genesis. And my goal is to keep it going as part of her legacy. So, so do you have anything new in store for your cosplay lineup this year? You don't have to give it away, but if you want to hint at it, um, as far as builds this year, no, I don't. You have, are on the road a lot. Uh, I don't really have any plans um, this year. I'm trying to focus on what people's favorites are, and to try to build my footprint within the cosplay community, and also build my followers on social media and that kind of stuff. Since I've got Batman and I've got Cap America. I'm working on those to promote them and get them more out there, especially with the amount of money I invested into those two costumes. Mm. Um, Thor is always a favorite. So Thor is going to be back and Hawkeye has turned into probably my second most definitive costume. Um, there's a lot of people who now consider Hawkeye my number one costume. 
still am always tempted. Ryan and I talked about this a couple of years ago about going around as the the Russian sweatsuit bros. Yes, bros. Follow you yeah, around bro. for an afternoon. So I don't know if anybody would get it now, though. We'd it's probably the have only to carry thing. like a big cutout that said "bro." Yeah, yeah. but uh, I've been in talks with some of uh, some really talented cosplayers who have some fascinating ideas of photo shoots and storylines with Hawkeye. So it's, uh, that's in the plans for this year. Cool. So that's, that's one of my goals is just sort of to build on it. This is my, this will be my sixth year yep. of cosplaying. So it's just try to just build and establish myself a little bit more in, in the area. So awesome. Well, thank you for, uh, Taking time out of, out of your time off to come over. Well, it's been a little while since I've been on the podcast. Yeah. So. Well, we're, we'll, we will try and have you on again. It's just the ske- lining up the schedules yep. is the hard part sometimes. So uh, let's go get food. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening to this uh, special episode. Thanks to Jay Fosgett and to Nate Milton and to Snowhawk Cosplay. Um those guys have already gotten a chance to give out their social media stuff, Ed. So where can people find you on social media? Where they can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Not as much as I used to be. Uh, I'm on Pinterest. I'm on everything. Um, just Snowhawk Cosplay. If you how, how is that spelt or worded? Just in, like, uh, is it one word or is it two? I don't Snowhawk know. is one word. Yeah, and then Cosplay is a separate word. Um Sometimes if you mash them together, you can find me. So pretty much pretty much if you go to uh, Instagram, uh, just type in Snowhawk Cosplay all in one word. You can find me on Facebook. It's Snowhawk space cosplay. Um, you know, basically you type in your, your search features and you, you'll find me at some spots. So awesome. I will always welcome new followers and, and uh, more interactions with people. Cool. Um, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please go to uh, Apple Podcasts and your other podcast providers of choice. Um, Rate and review us and uh, help us get in that algorithm a little bit more. And until next week, this has been Brent, Ryan, and special guest Snowhawk Cosplay. We will see you with a regular episode. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under Surprise True North Nerds, and you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.